Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is a podcast where I get to know some of the funniest and nicest folks on Twitter. They are the friends of the show. This week's friend is Nick Flanagan, at The Flans, on Twitter. I've been watching Nick do comedy around Toronto for over a decade. But he's more than just a comedian. He is an actor. He is a punk rock frontman. And we get into some of his crazy punk rock antics. Always great to talk to Nick, and this was no exception. I hope you enjoy episode 28, Friends of the Show, with Nick Flanagan. Now. I eat so many shrimp, I get iodine poisoning. Pimp C. shrimp i get iodine poisoning ah pimp c the classic quotable quote <laughs> the, the the late pimp c oh rest in peace pimp c yeah he's i know i just uh sort of off off show we were talking about willie nelson and i jokingly said the late willie nelson but pimp c really is not alive he really is rest in peace he didn't fool us <laughs> with one of those death hoaxes no like, it like was willie unfortunately nelson. not a hoax but he was a talented Talented rap rapper. Talented you can rapper. hear him on the song "Pimp uh, Big Pimpin'." Oh yeah, that legendary verse. And yeah. uh, so this quote was originally from "Sippin' on Some Syrup." Oh, yeah, so classic Three Six Mafia song featuring UGK. Also, "Pocket Full of Stones" is a great UGK song. If you want to listen to that song. Well, there you go. Thank you very much for providing that quote, Nick. And everyone, welcome our guest, Nick, at The Flans on Twitter. Nick Flanagan. Thank you. How's, how, oh, I was going to say, how is everyone going to welcome me? But then I heard some kind of a noise that yeah, seemed the, like it was the was welcome the, noise. The welcome woo, we call that. Oh, thank you. So for the listeners, Nick Flanagan is a multi-talented, hilarious, very funny human. He does it all. I'm talking writer. I'm talking actor, I'm talking comedian, punk rock frontman, podcast co-host, and podcast <laughs> guest, general and nice maybe guy. maybe one day a podcaster. <laughs> and maybe a podcaster in the future. And yeah. we shouldn't limit him, but that's Don't all he's done me. so far. Yeah, um, still, yeah. Some credits, let's Mark Marin this, wrote for Odd Squad, pretty cool, yes. in the indie film Diamond Tongues, uh-huh. critically acclaimed, and recently... The indie film Sundowners with yes. uh, Phil Hanley and Born Ruffian's frontman Luke Lalonde. Uh, and I believe Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric makes an appear. And my friends Chris Locke and uh, Jackie yeah, Pirico. Oh, I just saw Jackie Pirico uh, and James Harnett at Laugh Sabbath this week. And they are among the funniest people. Just so funny. so funny. Every time I see them, just hilarious. Jackie killed it. Uh-huh. James killed it. It was a great show. So yeah, shouts out to them all. So yeah, welcome Nick. Woohoo! Thank you, Stephen. All right, one of the founders of Laugh Sabbath. That's you, right? Uh, kind of. I'm not really a founder, but right. I was uh, there from the beginning, I, and then I joined them relatively early on in the Laugh Sabbath. I might have been a founder of when it was started when it was called Laugh Sabbath. Okay. I can't remember because it started and it was called Righteous Wednesdays and it was uh, at a venue called the Oasis. But then we 
the name changed to Last Sabbath. But yeah, Rebecca Adelman and I came along pretty quickly, and we uh, had a show for a while in, um, as part of it. And then I was doing a show with Andrew Johnson and Sarah Hennessy later on. Love Andrew Johnson and Sarah Hennessy. Also recently seen, have seen them both. It's so funny. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. all the great Toronto comedians. Uh, yeah, Laugh Sabbath, a comedy institution in the city. So very <laughs> lucky to have you. Um, yeah, a lot of great comedians have come through there. Uh, back when it was at the Rivoli and now it's at Comedy Bar uh, every Thursday. So check it out. Um, how's, the, how's the podcast been going? Podcast is going great, Nick. Thanks for asking. Have a lot of real fun guests, a lot of fun chats. Uh, and it's great meeting um, all these Twitter pals who I don't normally get to, you know, you don't normally get to interact vocally with your internet friends all the time. So this is a great way to sort of uh, do that. Did they... Um do they ever come over, or is it always uh, a Skype? Not yet, but I'm working on it. For some of my more uh, local pals, uh, I would love to do some live some live ones. Haven't done that yet, but it's in the pipeline, everyone, hopefully to do <laughs> in the near future. Because there's so many great people in Toronto that I want to speak to, and I should be able to finagle, uh, get somebody in a room, right? I should be able to do that. Hey, man, whatever feels right. You want to do it on <laughs> Skype? I don't care. Yeah. I can't do it in a room right now. I'm no. all the way over as far away from you. So, so you we know. should mention that. Yeah, you're on the West Coast. You're living and loving life in La La Land. I'm talking I'm L.A. I'm hours behind you. you yes. We are on different time zones. The sun is probably still up where you are. Yeah, it's lowering. <laughs> I, I walked a dog earlier, my friend's dog. I, I took for a walk. That was fun. That's pretty good. And the weather is nice. The weather is nice. It's always <laughs> nice, you know. Actually, uh, funny thing: climate change. The weather is also very nice here. It was like I heard mid twenties and sunny today. It was just so nice. And that was, you know, interesting to me. It brought up hearing that, you know, constantly. And I was just in Toronto last month, anyway, so I kind of saw it. And it was really just the beginning of the warm front. But it really made me go, well, would I want to leave Canada or to, would I want to leave Toronto if it was not cold. Mm. That's like, a tough question. If Toronto had sort of the L.A. weather. Yeah, which I don't know if it's quite having that, but it's like pretty – it's pretty close. Although it's, we're still like, you know, October <laughs> – we'll know in January. You know? Yeah. That's really when I don't like it. It's like January and February. February really is like the heart of the, the winter. The heart of the hurricane. Yeah. The, that is winter. <clears throat> so I guess it makes sense to be, you know, in L.A. when you can just walk a dog – in the middle of February and just like, oh, maybe have a light jacket on. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I do like that aspect of it. it it's, uh, it's, crazy, it's a crazy place. It's, you know. <laughs> well, I guess there's pros and cons, right? So a pro, the weather's usually nice. A con, yes. when it rains, nobody knows what to do. <laughs> sure. A pro, the weather is really nice. A con, snipers. A pro, the weather is really nice. A con, <laughs> the therapists bully you. No. No, they <laughs> Just don't. yours? <laughs> no, she doesn't bully me. Oh, I, sh- I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> if you're listening, he didn't mean it. But I do have an – like I, I, I did – I'm seeing a therapist here. They are um, – it feels more like they're telling you stuff that you like wouldn't get from like a Canadian therapist. Like they're like – you know, like borderline life coaches, borderline like career coaches, you know, All which right. is not something I'm used to in uh, my 
slightly limited experience in Canadian therapy. So they're trying to help you in more ways than one. In They're yes. get, getting your mental stuff in order, but also maybe you need to update your headshots, something like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> sort of like a long it's, – it never hasn't gotten that far where it's kind of like those headshots won't work. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, have you've you got to get these retouched. Have you tried but, doing um, you know, themed headshots, like one of you as a doctor, one of you as a <laughs> fireman? <laughs> Yeah, people really want those. They, they're, they're not <laughs> going to be able to picture you in the role unless you have a headshot for every role. That's what I'm uh, saying. That's my advice. Yes, I know. I, 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 said, I took what you said <laughs> and then I repeated it and uh, condensed it, which is, uh, I think, an original thought. Yeah, you curated it. <laughs> you curated I my curated uh, it. thought. So the have head, you seen headshots any of those good. movies? <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you see any of those movies I was in? No, I didn't see them. But I definitely have Sundowners on my list of movies to see. Can I get, I can get it on iTunes, right? I can just buy it right now on iTunes? You could buy it on iTunes. I think it's on Netflix. What? Oh, if it's on Netflix, then I'll I'll watch that too. It it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but it it definitely was up on Netflix. And well, it's pretty recently released, so yeah. Oh, sorry. Sundowners is on Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry. Diamond, Diamond Tongues is on Netflix. Yeah. Sundowners is on iTunes, yes. yes Sundowners, I'm definitely going to buy it, so don't worry about that. And then maybe I'll update you with my thoughts. I bet oh, it's great. I forgot the main thing I really want to plug. I have to plug. All right. It's my album. Oh, yeah, the new album, Wiped Privilege. Wiped Privilege. Wiped Privilege, the new album can, from Nick Flanagan. It's on Spotify. It's on Amazon Play or Google Play, all that stuff, iTunes. Comedy Dynamics, Comedy Dynamics, a good label, released it. But I also have it up if you want to support me directly at nickflanagan.bandcamp.com for pay what you can. So that's pay the best. That's the best way to get it. That's what you. That's, would, the, that's where that's you would recommend. It's pretty much the best way to get it. And if you want to hear that or my first album, I'm here all week on SiriusXM. Request me. I'm telling you, I think this record got a, a slightly a raw deal. And uh, I don't really, but that's because uh, I live in music land where it's like, I mean, it wasn't a totally raw deal. It's just like, I don't know. Uh, You know, I I, I shouldn't even complain, but it's like, I put a lot into changing things up for this album. It was like a lot, many years of effort, many recordings, in fact. And there was something special about this recording and the way it went in Hamilton, Ontario. Woo! Shout out to Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah. And, you know, I think individuals who listened to it, who I don't know, I get good feedback. And then critically, there was some good feedback. But, uh, you know, it was uh, – I just uh, made such an effort and put it out with a big, big-ish comedy label. And, uh, you know, I hope that it can just keep living. That's all. It's, even though it came out a while ago now. I just really want people to check it out because I am proud of it. And, well, now uh, that it's out there, right? People should be listening to it, especially new listeners of the podcast, probably downloading it right now. Wiped Privilege. <laughs> That's the new one from Nick Flanagan. Yeah. And maybe get the whole – get all of them. Get I'm Here All Week. I know I have it. I have an autographed vinyl copy of that. Yes, I appreciated that purchase. Well, I'm glad. I love having a – a great local comedian's album and autograph. Did I mention it was autographed? Do you have a record player? I do have a record player. It is in the room I'm sitting in currently. Do you, can you describe the room to me? 
The room is a small office location. I am uh-huh. sitting at a desk with my uh-huh. podcasting setup. Uh, uh-huh. Above the desk, there's two shelves with a bunch uh-huh. of uh, life paraphernalia. And then behind me, of course, is the record player with my records. And then above that is a couple shelves with some like featured records. Like uh, I got some, got my Arkells up there, got Born Ruffians, and of course, Tokyo Police Club. Everyone check them out. Do you think Arkells regret calling their name that because of um, R. Kelly? I don't know. What happened? I don't know. Because they, they, they did change their name once already. They used to be Charlemagne. <laughs> Charlemagne. And then they became Arkells. I, it's, uh, it's like a Hamilton ref. So. I don't but think- Charlemagne is also the name of a rap personality. Oh, I see. Yes, that is true. Hmm. Well, maybe that's why they changed it. <laughs> they were like, this guy's a jerk. Let's <laughs> call our name ourselves after R. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Good Hamilton boys, we should mention. Kudos to the Arkells. Kudos <clears throat> to all the good people of Hamilton. There's so many people. The Alexis on fire, dead oh, tired yes. people. Yes. Yep. They're Black good. Lungs, they're good. Wade McNeil. You know all June. the people. We should mention that you are yourself a musician. You're in the the scene. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to be the main guy, front man for Brutal Nights. Yes. And now Wrong Hole? Yes. Nice. So multiple bands. Yes. Flanagan, Flanagan's. And lots of Flanagan bands. Brutal Nights was the one that lasted the longest, I guess. And I was in a band called Team Core Combo, a band called Killer Elite, and uh, gotten to do a couple of uh, – speaking of, of Hamilton, this is a, uh interesting Hamilton fact possibly. I sang some Teenage Head songs, which is a Hamilton band, one of the best Hamilton bands ever. I would say uh, among the, yeah. top, the top Hamilton bands. Maybe the best Hamilton band. Maybe the most well-known other than Arkells these days. Yeah, I just mean maybe the most influential for like a certain genre. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, they it, it doesn't I mean the other, you know, Edgar Bros band um what band is that again? Uh, Simply Saucer. They're they're a very influential band. They they were like a really neat band, but you know, Teenage Head was just like anyway, so amazing. And I sang a couple of songs of theirs at a release show for Don Pyle's book of rock pictures from the 70s and 80s and Gord from Teenage Head played guitar, and I played You're Tearing Me Apart and Picture My Face. I sang those. Buddy, that's cool as heck. And I think it's on YouTube somewhere. And uh, I was – I tried – and the Sadies were pretty much backing me up. So that was cool too. Wow. It's all very cool. Those are a lot of – those are a lot of references. Everyone go and check out all of those references right now. And the Dennis Miller of just normal references <laughs> just without regular, jokes. Like Southern, Southern Ontario <laughs> music references. Yeah. Yeah. Not used humorously. <laughs> More so like job interview style. Yeah. But a job, you know, who's hiring you for the job where you say you know the Sadies? Not me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's noted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hired by you uh, for we'll knowing see, the Sadies. We'll see how the rest of the interview goes. Uh, Nick, well, where, are you, uh, where are you originally from? Toronto. Toronto, Ontario, Canada? Yes, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Good, because I wasn't sure. You kind of give maybe a, a Montreal vibe because you're so international, your international flavor. I've been there. You've been there, yeah. Yeah, So speaking, but I'm not from there. Now, that's a great segue. Let's talk about one of the times you were there. Maybe okay. the time that you broke your arm. Right. Do you, what do you want to know? 
I heard that you <laughs> broke your arm singing. Well, I did. I broke my arm singing in Brutal Nights at Saint Laurent and Saint Viateur at the corner at a bar that is no longer there called Bar Saint Laurent 2. I cannot remember who we were playing with. I guess we were headlining the show. We were very successful in Montreal. Yeah. The great scene to be successful in too. Well, it was pretty thrilling. The crowds were great. We never we didn't play like giant venues, but we like I I think if we kept going, we could have it just would have kept getting people would have kept coming. Smell. Like we could have probably consistently played places like Lambie or Salad, anyway, can't, can't, don't worry about it. I'm not going to just name <laughs> venues, I yeah. promise. I love naming things. But at the very end of the night, I was crowd surfing because the crowds were right there. And I tried to jump from the crowd to the stage and I missed the stage. Ooh. And I definitely, and then I, I braced myself with my hand unthinkingly and I broke my Oh, I got a compound fracture. But because it was a full room, everybody just saw me fall and people get stressed out. So they probably thought I'd hit my head or, or was injured. So people were really like, what happened? You know? And uh, then the ambulance came and there was a little bit of blood trickling from my arm and people took a photo and I the I spoke pretty good French to the EMS, EMT workers. And then... Yeah, I got my arm set, and then I had a bar, a steel bar put in my forearm. You Is that still there to this day? Yeah, and we had to cancel a show with Mud Honey. Oh, no. That's a good, that's a big name. Yes. We were supposed to play with Mud Honey, but then we couldn't. That would have been a good one. Dang. Yeah. So how long were you laid up? How long were you off of the the mic for? Six to eight Mm -hmm. weeks? Not maybe. I mean, I guess I couldn't. I didn't. I was. I'm sure I was still doing comedy with the cast, but I. I, I guess it was six to eight weeks, and then we broke up. Actually, <laughs> during that time, I think so. Do you think this was the inciting incident because you couldn't like, you had it going so well, like everything was humming along, and then all of a sudden. Crack. I would say things were humming along. I mean, I think it was getting more difficult to like do stuff mm. because I was, you know, trying to do a band and comedy. Uh, those are just really, especially in Canada, like very financially uh, uncertain things to try to do. So I was probably not really. I probably didn't have any money, and and that was uh, impacting my. Uh, just how doable the band was. So I think we, that was what we were basically planning to like break up because it was like people were getting – a couple of people got a good – one guy got a, a good job and I don't think he necessarily wanted to tour with the band. And I, you know, I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean that things kind of like – happens. Well, uh, you know, there was this band Monotonics that was around the same time that was um, – a three piece from Israel and the singer used to, they just used to be really crazy. They would like play in the crowd and they'd get the crowd to lift up the drum kit <laughs> and the drummer would like drum lifted on the, by the crowd. And the singer was always being lifted and running around and they were going outside of the venue and they were, you know, really well known for a time because it was just such a crazy show. And then I think the drum, the singer broke his leg at a festival, I believe. Mm. I don't think they lasted that much longer after that, you know? And I'm sure it was for a variety of reasons. It was sort of similar like that with with us. Like, I didn't... 
I would do that kind of thing, run into the crowd and jump and doing this and that and, you know, uh, do this like aggressive lead singer thing. And, and uh, I think once that kind of happened, I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to like crowd surf that much more, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure I would have, but it just wasn't when you're introduced to the consequences, you know. To kind of keep doing it is like a little bit foolhardy or whatever. Not that you can't. I we we played more shows after that happened, and I I would uh, I would stay on the stage more. Right. And I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, that's that's the normal way to do it. Those other guys. Yeah, so. so that I, I was think a little at much. Some point, you can't just keep doing that. Really, I mean, you could. It's so but tiring it's, for the crowd. <laughs> tiring, yeah. If your crowd is kind of like getting older. <laughs> which theoretically they would get younger tour would be awful <laughs> so many broken yeah. bones well that could happen if we do have a reunion shows like you know people will will get you know stressed out like they'll be like why are people moshing behind us and it's because uh you know because that's what they did originally yeah that's but, what you do to that now those we'll, hard rocking tunes right because the tunes are pretty hard rocking they were hard rocking um, was that the only time that you fell, or did you sort of escape injury previously? But that was the one time where I was like, landed. Finally. Yeah, I mean, I escaped injury. I, I think I probably had like minor injuries, you know, a few times. I think when I was a, a teenager, we played a show in a venue called Huzema in Kensington Market. Somebody stepped on the mic bass, and it kind of like, which was like tilted, so it hit me in the mouth with the mic and I think that chipped a tooth, Ugh. but that was the only other thing. And that was like 20 years beforehand. And I just got it fixed. You just got the tooth fixed? Yeah, the little chips. Yeah. The 20 chips years fixed. later. Did you get a replacement tooth or did they like glue a piece on? I think they glued piece on just <laughs> if they used the tooth that I No, had. you probably lost it, right? You didn't yeah, find the piece. And... I probably swallowed it. Oh yeah. Cause if what you about... do lose it, you can put it in milk and then they can sometimes save it. Like, what do you mean? You put it in milk and then it appears in your mouth. <laughs> no, you put it in milk and then you bring it to the dent dental surgeon. Oh. And they're like, oh, good thing you put this in milk. We can save it. Just, I thought you meant like you put it in milk and then it disappears and then you, it's back in your mouth. And yeah, you, don't you put have it in milk and it dissolves into the milk. Then you drink the milk and your teeth's fine. Well, I should uh, definitely. You, you just pulled something on me that I did to you earlier. <laughs> Where I said the thing you said and rephrased it, and you just said the thing I said and rephrased it. That's right. So we're I'm learning. Now. Nick, I'm learning. Yes, yes. I did get Sarah Silverman to sign my cast when I had a broken arm, which was pretty exciting. Damn, that's a good that's a good autograph to get. Yeah, it said, eat a dick. <laughs> Sarah. That's good. Classic Sarah, right? As far as I know, it's classic Sarah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, you're out there in L.A., right, doing spots around town, hitting all the yeah. hot shows and hitting but some But I didn't bring my I didn't bring my cast to L.A. now and get Sarah Silverman to sign it. She signed it at the time. Yeah, so you, you – do you still have the cast or did you throw no. it? Uh, it might be in our basement. It might be. You could still bring it around. Just bring it to shows. It? <laughs> Maybe that Sarah Silverman part, just cut that one specific part out. She didn't sign her full name. <clears throat> but, yeah, I guess there's no certificate of authenticity that comes with that. And Todd Berry started to sign it and then didn't know what to write, so he just scribbled. Well, <laughs> that's classic Todd, right? It kind of is classic Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him do a, a little spot uh, last week at, at the festival, the JFL 42 festival. 
Did you go yeah, all over nice. for that? Uh, yeah, it went all over. But that was the Andy Kindler Alt Show on the Friday. So it was a great, great lineup. Chris Locke, as you have previously mentioned, uh, was on that show. Great uh, show. Tim Heidecker from the movie was also on that show. Oh, could, um, could Tim Heidecker was in the Alt Show? That's yeah, cool. he did a he did stand up, but he. He said like he doesn't normally do stand up, so he just talked about a time he got diarrhea. <laughs> that was his <laughs> that was his bit. But yeah, it was a, it was a great show. Sarah Hennessy also won that show. Uh, it was a fun time. So I was just getting into. I was just going to mention like doing all those shows around L.A. You probably bump into all the great a lot of great comedians down there too. I did do one show recently that had it had Kevin Nealon was on it, Kevin and then Nealon. David Cross. So that was exciting. And then, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's, uh, it, it does happen. That's the hot spot. It is the hot spot. And there's people who are, um, you know, really good who are over here. And, yeah, I'm not doing as many sets, which is too bad. Am I supposed to say that? Uh, no, you can do as many sets as you want, Nick. Well, I think I'd like to do more sets, but it's just like getting to do asking and then going mm-hmm. everywhere is far. It's a whole thing. You know? Yeah. That's it's the thing out thing. there, right? It's hard to get places. Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel pretty discouraged out here. But I'm sure you're doing other stuff. <laughs> what uh, what else are you doing out there, Nick? You doing some auditions? You doing any commercial acting? Do some commercial auditions occasionally and I do some writing, submitting packets to shows trying to get ready jobs and keep busy putting on shows i do a show called night comedy here that's like a monthly ish it was uh, we took a lot of time off actually but it's basically a month a monthly stand-up show at my friend's art gallery and that one goes pretty well we're having one october 18th i'm excited for and you know yeah it's um it, it's uh it's a thing it's not it's not all too McLoom. No, it's good. It's uh, it, it is a bit of a grind, right? But uh, but that's part of it. It's like an existential <laughs> grind. An I don't existential. really find it like you know. I mean, I don't know. I'm not like I don't feel like I'm working uh, as I feel a bit underused, you know. And so you wind up. The grind is actually to motivate yourself. So that's the grind. Is oh. the you know your spirit is being ground. <laughs> <laughs> Well, into like sort of a chalk ash kind of thing and then they it blows into the santa Ana winds yes or in my case pasadena oh pasadena that's lovely out there isn't it i heard there's a lot of little old ladies and such there's little old ladies there's older people younger people middle people middle age people <laughs> it's uh it's an int- pasadena is weird it's like uh feels kind of like there's a lot of secret things going on but the idea that it's like a uh idyllic place seems to be very important to the presentation okay i get it yeah i don't live in pasadena i live like adjacent to pasadena right you're probably on the cool side of the tracks yeah i'm on the cool side of the tracks (laughs) i've checked out the ice house a couple of times very old comedy club ice house yeah you always hear Marin talking about doing dates there, right? Yeah, we went to the ice house, man. <laughs> went to the ice house. I don't know, man. There's something about an old club, <laughs> rickety chairs. That was like, good. Uh, That's a very good mirror. That there's something about <laughs> just something about that, you know? Who are you guys? Something about the club, you know? When a club's got that kind of a you look at the floor and there's gum. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know. Like me and Kennison did blow in the back room there. 
89. What was your dad like? Do you have a dad? <laughs> who are you guys? Is who, my, are, who's, who am I? Am I a guy? <laughs> am I a guy? Are we good? Who are my good? guys? Who am I good? Guys? Am I good to myself? <laughs> Boomer lives. Interesting to picture him asking, are we good in the mirror in a scene that almost is like in Schindler's List when Rafe finds his leg. <laughs> <laughs> that super existential crisis that he's going through, but just looking at himself. I, li- I do Are live in good? the same area as Mark Maron. That's comforting to know. Right. In the the Highland Park area. Yeah. That's good. I do. You're near the garage. <laughs> near the, the ranch. The ranch. Yeah. The cat ranch. Well, very good. Thank you. <laughs> Good choice, Nick. Good choice. Um, Topic-wise, how am I doing? I mean, am I am – I, uh, am I, We are right on track. We're right on track and the podcast is just about to amp up into second gear because we're getting into the tweets. I'm talking Nick's tweets from Twitter at The Flans. Everyone, please give him a follow for these funny-ass tweets. So the first tweet that Nick has chosen – to share with us today uh, goes like this. Some people just like to watch the world's birds. <laughs> this thing where you're asking people to like pick their favorite tweets, you know that's basically like pulling someone's fingernails off, right? I, I know that. I do know it, but I like it. It's mostly for me. Uh, <laughs> and I think it fills a great segment. There is something about Twitter, and I think this is like a really interesting fact. I know I'm not the only person who does this. I think the real entertainment of Twitter is not engaging with others. It's weirdly scrolling down your past tweets and looking at them and going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. No one got this one, but I get it. <laughs> I hate it when nobody likes them. No. You're such a, you're such a popular Twitterer, Stephen. Oh, well, thank you, Nick. Yeah, I like to do it. It's fun. The jokes – uh, right, we we just tweet the jokes, and then um, sometimes people like them. That's true. Yeah, and I like I like Twitter for all. Uh, yes, scrolling through the old tweets and seeing them, I do that a lot. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't seen an old tweet of mine, you will because I will definitely bump it at some point. But the, what I like, yeah, what's 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 the protocol there? <laughs> Are we supposed to do that? Hey, this is you do you. Uh, I am O. You can do Twitter however you want. People do it in different ways. Some people really hate that. When they released self-retweeting, a lot of people took a stand saying, I would never. Yeah, but don't you think that was like that faded? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That's just like a regular thing. I mean, it's sort of just like a comedian telling the joke again, right? If it's in the act, you know, you tell it a few times. I think it's just, you know, you share share what works. A lot of tweets sometimes aren't good at all and are very bad and those ones get deleted and you delete it when you say you don't you don't see them on the TL again and again. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to uh, retweet mine and see what happens. Yeah, you can do that. You can I'm going to do a self retweet right now. All right. Let's watch the numbers crawl up in real time. Let's see what happens. Here we go. Get ready for the notification flurry. So yeah, some people like to watch the world's birds. <laughs> And this is a classic Nick Flanagan joke. It's all of uh, a lot of your jokes are sort of like the simple one-liners, um, which I love. You know, it's a specific Thank style, you. and that's sort of my it's kind of my style too. Um, 
like really yes. short and sweet. And I guess that's sort of why it works on Twitter so well. Yes. Have you ever performed, have you ever used this in your act? Like, do you ever start something if it's a tweet and then bring it to the stage or not, not really? I, I think once in a great while. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah, there's definitely some, I mean, none of the ones that I told you, but the, the, sometimes the ones that actually embody like, opinions or sort of like just observations like those ones will be easier to do and if it's if it's a one-liner have to be really special i mean i kind of like have not cooled on doing one-liners but it's like it's hard uh, (laughs) it's a lot harder to do like a 10 minute set filled with just one-liners right well i just think on twitter it's like if you wanted to to do be the first person to do one it's kind of impossible at this point, you know, like you can be the first person to tweet one that's going to get other people will think of and then tweet later. That's obviously possible. Yes. And like the parallel thought level of Twitter at this point actually has kind of like, I, I'm not, I don't believe it's ruined something, but it's, it's, it's really changed the concept of joke theft or something. I don't know. It's like, well, I think it's like people see all all of these jokes, right? You see all of these mm-hmm. things in your timeline uh, and you sort of like absorb it into your mind. And then after seeing sort of how people skew jokes or what sort of language they use, you start to think about that in your own joke writing. So you sort of absorb the, the, the wisdom of the crowd and then you put mm-hmm. it out. So that's why everyone sort of will, it seems like parallel thought, but really based on all the tweets that everyone's seen, they just like, that's what they think of. Everyone thinks of sort of the same punchline when, uh, when some yeah. news happens and it, there's, you'll see like one joke again and again and again. Cause that's like, Oh, of course this joke. And you'll see funny people <clears throat> tweeting the first one that very quickly became overused, you know, yeah. like I've seen that a lot where like some Twitterer who everybody likes tweets something. And then it's like so overdone by like, a million other people. Always a celebrity does it. And it's like, to credit it, it's questionable. I mean, I put a lot of thought one week, this is years ago, like years ago, into Abraham, into like the Vampire Hunter one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abraham Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln, Vampire Vampire Hunter. Hunter. Whenever that came out, I took like a week. And then I wrote Abraham Lincoln Job Hunter. And... This comedian retweeted it and it immediately got like a ton of retweets. It was probably my most popular tweet. And then I was in a car with these guys and this dude was like, oh, yeah, see if someone said it already. And then I did. And then someone had said it already. And like then this guy was like, you're you're you know, you're like ripping off this guy. It's like I, <laughs> like, I, no. I actually fucking put thought into it. Yeah. <laughs> I just should never have deleted it. I don't think there's really a point in deleting those kinds of like a, a pun, like no, you know, and it, also if it's you're like, brave enough to say a pun or wordplay mm-hmm. on stage and it works, that's the real art of it. <laughs> that really is because you have to follow that up with another one and another one and another one because it really only takes yeah. like ten or seconds. Or you have to just make to a crowd not groan, you know, saying it because it's like really one thing, you know, to to have people sort of like, you know, like. Sometimes the like or the fave or even the retweet on Twitter really just approximates what in a crowd would be a nod of acknowledgement. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, like would it that's necessarily... clever. I get it. 
Yeah. Check. But I love, you know, Chris actually does some fun puns here, here and then. I like that. He's been doing that. And so I've kind of shied away from like, I mean, even some people like to watch the word world's birds. That one really works for me because it's like, <laughs> it's not really a joke. Yeah. It's, it's just like you just change two words of like a It's a strange of a twist. It's kind of cute to picture and it it makes the Joker fun, like like just like – <laughs> yeah. Really silly, basically. And not like a guy who shoots Barbara Gordon in the no. stomach. Did he do that? In the killing joke. Ah, yeah. oh, dang it. Yeah, you're going to have to get rid of the tattoo. Spoiler you're alert. Coming. Jeez. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert on a 28 year old graphic novel. Yeah. Uh, I might have that, to ed- cut that out for our listeners. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and then put it at the front. I'll put heavy spoiler alerts and warnings on this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so like that one, you know, like the dumber one something is, the quicker I'll say it. And sometimes I'll tweet something really dumb and I'm really not going to work worry about if it's been said before because I'm kind of like this. It's like it's that saying is reflecting my mood. It's not necessarily me trying to be like, yeah, check I'm, this out. I thought of this, everybody. yeah. I mean, it is literally check this out. I thought of this. <laughs> well, it is, not. but you know, if someone else had thought of the same thing before, you I'd know, be like, cool, cool great, cool. yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, cool. We did it. We both did I mean, it. I, I mean, a, a yogurt cultural appropriation joke once that was probably on Twitter. <laughs> okay, and a comedian who's like a funny comedian from Houston, who I was on the same show as, wrote me and was like, "Hey, we both made that joke, and I actually made that joke." He said, "And I made that joke at a show." that we were both on and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I just like credited him to the joke and like deleted it in that case. Cause it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it doesn't it's have to be a like thing. Never, never worth. It's not worth fighting over. Right. Like, uh, I think the common theme is, uh, write a new joke <laughs> when, like, when, yeah. that, when that happens. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Someone totally. else thought of it first. Very good. Like retweet the original and then just be like, all right, I'll think of a new one. What about, um, the second tweet? <laughs> The second tweet from Nick Flanagan is very good. I think this is one of my favorites, if not my favorite, tweet from you. And the tweet is as follows. One minute before a comedian dies, they nod slightly to acknowledge they see the light. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nick. Shouldn't have laughed at my own joke. uh, Yeah, well, it's also sort of a comedian. It's a little... Shot for the back table, right? Like kind of a comedic comedy reference, but and um, you actually skipped the second one in my list, but we'll get into that. Oh my goodness, I put them in a different order. (laughs) Well, that's fine. That's fine. That's that's cool. You're keeping me on my toes. I like that. I like that. Uh, Yeah, that joke. uh, That that joke. I think that's like a joke where I'm kind of like, this doesn't necessarily. I'm not necessarily like. I don't know. Like I don't. I thought that that was like original, and yet also kind of like not. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I was happy with that one, too, when it came out. Yeah. It was, like, all the things I wanted. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's great. It's, like, very clever, Nick. Very clever. Very and clever. very inside. And it's cute. <laughs> it's cute. That's, like, when I did meet Marin, I, well, I guess I've met him a few times, but I told him, like, a joke of mine, and he went, that's cute. <laughs> that's great. So that's going to be your Marin story when you get on WTF? Yeah, I guess I'll have a few. You, I've, like met him a few times now and it's always there's always something funny 
you got to have a beef with them. Vaguely insulting. Yeah, you got to have uh, <laughs> you have to have some sort of a beef with them. So then he'll have you on so you can squash that beef. But it's only vaguely insulting. And I deal <laughs> I take, you know, like I take so much certain people could like say a million things to me and I wouldn't be that offended. You know, like I would not I would not think they were like out of line. I wouldn't take it too hard. And then there's people if they say one thing or a certain thing, I'll be so sad. You know, hmm. and and have the thinnest skin. How about that? Yeah. Well, put that in your blog. You're only human, Nick. You're only human. Yes. Yeah. So now <laughs> we're getting to the tweet, right. the tweet that I skipped, and it is Beats by Dre headphones make the podcasts about depression I listen to thirty percent more banging. <laughs> I mean, it is funny to picture like all these people with like Beats by Dre headphones listening to podcasts, which is like. People must be doing that, you know. People are definitely doing it. If you're listening to this podcast with the Beats by Dre, get at us at FOTSBOG. <laughs> yeah, hit us up. All hit us, us up on the internet. Hit us. Hit us. Don't even hit us up. Just hit us. You have your permission to attack me. So, yeah, Beats by Dre, but, you know, not listening to the, the latest Pimp C track, recipes. <laughs> they are uh, listening to podcasts about depression. Yes. Because I think when I wrote that joke, I was like, or whatever it is, I um, was listening to like the Mental Illness Happy Hour podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, That's a very popular one. It is, and it's a very hard to take one sometimes. Right. You don't want to overdo it on that. No. Um, it could put you in a dark place, even though you're trying to get out of the dark place <laughs> listening to it. Doesn't seem like a good combo. Very cool. And... You've you've sent some extra ones, so I'm gonna say there's a bonus tweets, and this this one I loved. Uh, it's just a um, description of an action, and it's frantically nods in agreement to end conversation. <laughs> <laughs> guessing this is a life yeah. hack, something that you employ. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that was like. I have another joke. I mean, you know, that's kind of where I've moved to now is like from puns to like kind of just um, describing horrific things. And, you know, my girlfriend is a little bit – she's at Bimbo Summit on Twitter, uh, Heather Jewett, and she, she's really good at that kind of stuff too. And, um, you know, uh, there's, it's kind of this entire – Subgenre of Twitter is like depress, de- despair Twitter, you know, and uh, anxiety Twitter. Like Jake Wiseman would be somebody who like sort of is like that a lot of the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's all, he'll always be like, remember when you see a comedian, they're dead inside or something. That's not a joke of his. He'd write to say something funnier, but, you know. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, so frantically nods in agreement to end conversation is because, you know, it's like, I feel like it's never you or a person, but it's always like you're in a conversation and someone you see is like nodding really hard to agree with something. And you're like, oh, they just want to leave a lot. (laughs) And then it's something similar. I realized we're like, if you're like complaining to somebody and they go, you're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. (laughs) They're really just trying to say like, we got to stop talking. Let's let's wrap wrap this up. Not going anywhere. (laughs) Not adding anything constructive to further the conversation. Just, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I think that was great. So thank you, Nick, for sharing those tweets with us and giving us a look behind the curtain to your process. You're welcome. Now we get into Nick's picks from others. Sifted from hundreds of possible tweets, he has selected these three Thousands, tweets. Millions. These millions. three tweets. He has picked them. And the first one is from the aforementioned 
Heather Jewett at Bimbo Summit on Twitter. Yes. And her tweet is, L.A. waiters are very, it's Dylan. You know the drill. <laughs> it's a little local humor for you That's guys. what I mean, I'm maybe talking you about. Maybe able to enjoy these L.A. waiters as I do every day uh, as I wait outside of the back of the restaurant and they bring me scraps. <laughs> and then you and Heather do the Lady in the Tramp spaghetti scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're very like, I think we know how this goes. Like that, I think <laughs> right. that, she, that, that thing when she told like, sometimes you go to a restaurant and be like, so we know what's going on here. I'm going to like try to take your food orders and you're going to eat the food. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'll be, still, I'll be back after two bites. Still, you know, you know the drill. <laughs> still, you know the drill. Yeah. I think it's sort of just like they're, they're way too cool to be doing that day job. So. Dad! You know. <laughs> <laughs> That is a great Dylan. <laughs> Loved. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Heather is such a funny Twitterer and uh, really, really underrated Twitterer. She has only like a thousand followers. What? Um, and she should have way more. She's really good. And she's one of those people I'm very jealous of where like, yeah, she's got a thousand followers. But like she's, you know, if she tweets something like 30 or 40 of the people who follow her will immediately like it because they get it. Yeah. You know, so it's like. They're really uh, engaged. An engaged and that's, following. And she, she used to be in the group Gravy Train, and now she's does comedy and has a web series coming out soon. So well, that's very know, she's exciting. Bimbo, and congratulations for dating her. Thank you. That's very cool. So yeah, I will definitely have to give her a follow as well. And listeners, yeah. you too should too. Yes. All right. So the next tweet comes from one of my favorites. Tim Gilbert at oh, yeah. Gilbert Tim. Tim. Yes, he, he was hosting the Laugh Sabbath show that I saw this week. Uh, just great stuff. They Him and Marty Tops had a baby. They sure. got a baby for the show. Uh, and it was very funny. So the tweet from Tim is like this. I love watching comedians we all know are straight up stupid tweet things <laughs> like, Trump hair look good. <laughs> Does it say good? No, it doesn't Does it say, say good. I just auto-completed that. Trump's hair look. <laughs> it's like Trump hair, <clears throat> Trump's hair look. Yeah. You know, like Trump hair look, you know. Trump like, hair look. That's the correct punchline. Yeah. I mean, Tim is just, I'm looking at one of his tweets right now. It's, OMG, sorry to all the hashtag shit fans out there. The latest episode of 15 shitheads talking at the same time for two hours will be up soon. <laughs> and it's like, Tim is just too funny and angry. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's just crazy. And, and, um, he's, uh, gem. And, uh, I, again, I think he's very underfollowed, you know, I mean, He's somebody who has like under 4,000 followers and like all of his tweets get like, you know, tons of tons of attention and deservedly so. Deservedly so. Some of the funniest stuff uh, like will really make you LOL. And it's even better if you know Tim, if you've seen his comedy uh, live, because reading tweets in his voice, (laughs) it really makes it takes it to the next level. Right. But I would say that, you know, I mean, there's something about him, uh, his Twitter where you can almost hear it in his voice even if you haven't heard his his stand up which yeah. is like 
a testament. It's to. really hard to do, but he has a very clear and solid voice, and it is yeah. a lot of the time very angry. <laughs> but also, yeah, that's what it's, makes it it's fun. pretty angry. It's basically like a, you know, like a school shooter type of person, like a Stephen Paddock. Type. Oh God. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna the next tweet. <laughs> he's he's not that type of guy. He's quite nice, quite. Oh, yeah, we shouldn't compare Tim to a, a mass murderer. A mass murderer. The, uh, nothing yeah. funny about that. Tim's great. Everyone check him out at Gilbert Tim. Uh, but he is like that. <laughs> uh, I, it's okay because he's not listening, so don't worry about it. All right, the next tweet comes from Wolf Puppy at oh, yeah. Wolf Puppy. And the tweet is... That was the tweet I did. I did read it. It's just a lowercase p. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hilarious joke on the podcast pulled by Nick, selecting a tweet that was just a lowercase p. I mean, you know, I just think Wolf Puppy is an underrated account, and it actually has a lot of followers. So maybe it's not that say, underrated. Uh, not that underrated. Quite a popular account. So Very maybe it's funny. it's like I just think it's a popular account. I think it's like. The right kind of, um, you know, weird Twitter thing or whatever. It's like, you know, Wolf Puppy is like cute and silly and fun, but it's not overbearing. I don't get the sense that the guy who's doing it is like an astrophysicist, which I fucking hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like so sick of – That's hate why that you don't follow Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, I get it. Well, you know, I mean like God bless this Jami son, man. But it's like <laughs> the fact that he's like an engineer is so stressful to me. You know, yeah. like – and that's like a stressful thing to me about really culture right now is everybody who's doing it is so fucking smart. I can't keep up with you people. <laughs> Wolf Puppy is working class. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back to the blue collars. Wolf Pupy. Wolf Pupy, yeah. P-U-P-Y. I'm just a fan of the account. I mean, it's a great account, and thank you for yeah. bringing it to our attention. It's the first Wolf Puppy tweet that we featured, but there are a lot of great ones. Yeah, who are some of the people? Does Drill Does Drill get in there? Drill? Yeah, he's good. Drill's pretty good. Um, who else is there? Who else are the big ones? Well, drills a drills a pretty pretty good one. I know Krang T Nelson. Krang T Nelson has been killing it lately. Uh, that's a very good political. One. <laughs> Who else is there? There's uh, what about the guy uh, Utility Limb? Nobody talks about Utility Limb anymore. Yeah, Utility Limb is because he doesn't really tweet anymore. His account. No, so Utility Limb was one of those ones that would just like tweet very rarely. Yeah. Kind of like a, a mini drill type of one. Yeah. Uh, Vineyville. I don't know Vineyville. It was a good one. Yeah, there's lots of good ones. Who, who are some of your favorites? I like uh, GHXYK2, who is a member of the group Famicon. Famicon being the people who uh, made these Bart the General things, cartoons in, in the early to mid-2000s. They're a very, very, really neat collective of YouTube. They make YouTube videos. They made the videos for my I'm Here All Week and Wiped Privilege that I made to promote them, these very strange oh, videos. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, well, besides the people I mentioned, you know, James Hartnett is great on Twitter. It's um, the best. James is the best. Obviously, Megan Amram's a pretty great 
you know, she's really consistently pretty good. And uh, she's ready. Neil Hamburger. Yeah, Neil Hamburger. Yeah, you um, have opened for him a bunch of times, right? Yeah, and uh, toured with Neil Hamburger. And um, I mean, who else? I mean, then it's like the the horrible people, you know, who are like so entertaining, like like Ian Miles Chong. Oh yeah, you're following that guy. I don't follow those kind of guys. But I'm like monitoring. Right. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to follow those kind of guys because all their worst stuff is going to show up. Someone's going to quote tweet it into your feed. Sooner or later, right? Miles Chong almost feels like a CIA plant, you know, in in the <laughs> world of laughable Twitter because he just is always embarrassing himself. Like he is, he never isn't. He's he's he just retweets people who have valid points about him, and then will like have a weak response and <laughs> and just out there. Like I saw it today, you know, and he's. He's clearly he's a lost kid, but he's a re- bad reporter, and you know he's really part of this uh, insane thing that's in culture right now. How did yeah. how do you avoid how did you how did you avoid being uh, brainwashed by the Jordan Peterson types? What what kept that out of you? Just human decency, just the fact of being a decent person, or did were you ever called to the dark side by uh, you know? in the post Gamergate world, Stephen? No, I think that, uh, sort of being a little bit removed from it up North up here, uh, does help. Right. So sort of just I, but I like disagree. a step away. You disagree? I disagree. Okay, go ahead. I, I think, I think Canada is a breeding ground of, of, um, of, of this kind of coffee shop libertarian thinking. I mean, I think Toronto is a place where that that's very prevalent, you know, gaming and internet use. Like if you go on YouTube, it's a cesspool right now. I, I'm obsessing, with rice gum and with uh, I, this guy iDubs. Do you even know what that shit is? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's like these YouTubers having a war right now. But but anyway, and like Jordan Peterson's Canadian, the Rebel Media was a Canadian thing. That's like, oh right, yeah. So I'm guess you know, I guess uh, just being a good person. <laughs> the first thing yes. that you said. Well, congratulations <laughs> on, on being a good person. That's that's good. Just and, good and enough good. to but yeah, ignore all that. Ian Miles Chong is very laughable. There's a few. I mean, I am sort of obsessing a little bit lately over like these 4chan, the Donald kind of, you know, people who are like weird Twitter meme culture people who decided that like men aren't macho enough and that SJW, you know, they're they're, they're, so they have this like vague Tim and Eric kind of sense of sensibility but they're they're really frustrated and they're very know-it-all-y and uh they really hate you know feminist feminism with a capital f and, mm. and all of this stuff and it's it's fascinating to see and but it's it's depressing it and is I depressing it. it's kind of a crazy time for that kind of stuff yeah. right now right but yeah it really is you know we're just gonna see how it all shakes out see if this feminism thing really <laughs> takes a off. nuclear cloud it's gonna shake out with a nuclear uh, cloud. i really hope not <laughs> but you know Anything could happen. <clears throat> and that brings us to the final segment, which is questions from Twitter. So thank you, everyone, who has submitted a question for Nick. And the first questions come from our friend Malt Skull at Malt underscore Skull. And he wants to know, who is your favorite comedy funny person from, one, Canada, two, USA, three, Europe? Okay. Favorite funny person from one, Canada. I'm going to name just, uh, I mean, 
Like there's uh, the simple answer is Norm Macdonald for a question like that. Right? Yeah, great answer. But you know, if if we're talking about like underneath that, I think someone like Lori Elliott is very underrated. Deborah DiGiovanni is underrated. Yeah. And Mike Wilmot and Scott Thompson are also Thank underrated. Goodness. But you know, Canada has no shortage of hilarious people from it. You know, so so it's really hard to pick just one. For and, sure. And Scott Thompson just got comeback of the year or something <laughs> in, in the LA Weekly, he's back. which I thought was really great to see. It is great. Yeah, so, he's yeah. he's great. Whenever you see him, he's got such a great energy <laughs> about him. Mm-hmm. So nice. You know, Captain uh, Phillips is such a funny person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Norm Macdonald, if we're talking all time and impact on me. For sure. That is a great yeah. answer. Uh, what about from your adopted land, the USA? Well, the funniest American ever, it's obviously Mark Twain. I mean, (laughs) we're talking Samuel Clemens. Oh, Henry. Um, uh, What's his name? Langston Hughes was he a humorist? Like, right now, who's the funniest American? Again, it's so hard because there's so many different forms now. Mm -hmm. Howard Stern is like so amazing. I'm like back listening to Howard Stern. I love it so much. Yeah, he's underrated as that, but he, he's been doing it for so long. That. I mean, yeah, and he lost, you know, he didn't lose fans at all, but he transitioned to being only on Sirius. So the only people who are, like, paying attention to him are those who are, like, maybe were already fans. But he's what he's doing is head and shoulders above I mean, he's broadcasting. He's really not podcasting. It's like you listen to that and you see the difference. There is a difference right now. And I'm not trying to besmirch the act of podcasting, which we're <laughs> having a wonderful time here. But it's like Stern's thing is so ingrained now and it's, it's just really awesome to, yeah. to hear and, and it's very natural. So I, I, I love it. I'm trying to think of, you know, just people I've seen. Eddie Pepitone is so, so funny. Eddie Pepitone! Maria Bamford's great. Lizzie Cooperman in L.A. is like really, really funny. She's, I mean, maybe not the funniest American in the world, I, but but she's someone who like I just love seeing her perform. You know, that's, uh, like that's good. I, that's I do lot. like that about being here is you just see so many funny people that it it winds up being. I mean, Annie Lederman, who I just saw perform, was like so funny. Sam J, like it's it's amazing. You know, it's it's a great thing about being here is you you do get to see just the level that people. All right. Heather Jewett. Yeah, a lot of great people. Heather Jewett. <laughs> um, all right. And do you know any European comedians? He's asking because he is himself from Finland. Shout out to Finland. Well, I mean, unfortunately, if we're going outside of, of um, you know, England and, and around there, it's like I'm pretty out of the loop. Like I know, you know, Magnus Benter from like Bentner from from Sweden and uh, some other people. Uh, but But, you know, if we're talking about within the UK, which I know left the EU, but is still in Europe. We're still so in the midst it. of Brexit. I've enjoyed uh, Simon Amstel. I, I've enjoyed, uh, I guess, even Jimmy Carr, but I'm sure people are over Jimmy Carr <laughs> over that way now. And, uh, you know, the classics like Daniel Kitson or, or Stuart um, Lee, you know, those yeah. guys are, are, are really amazing. And then also, I mean, these are, he's not, uh, he's not European, but, you know, Simmons, uh, What's his name uh, from Australia? Uh, not Russell Simmons. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that's that. That feels like I'm, that was a very, very full answer. He asked for one, and you gave a laundry list of great comedians. Yeah, so I, f- I don't really have a great um, ability to be quick at uh, answering. Okay. <laughs> well, luckily, there's not that many questions. So thanks, Malt, so much for the questions uh, at Malt underscore Skull, great friend of the show. Next questions come from Timmy at the Timmy Toes. His question, number one, do you prefer knobs or handles on cabinets and drawers? Handles. Great, great answer. Any reason behind that? They remind me of my nipples. <laughs> like easier to grab. Wait, knobs do? Wait, handles do? Yeah, handles do. Handles yeah, do. I have these these nipples that are connected. You have the opposite. Problem. Yeah, yeah. All right. And the second <laughs> second question from Timmy: What's the minimum amount of milk you can put on cereal before you may as well have none? What's the minimum amount of milk I can put on cereal before I may as well have none? Have no cereal have, or no yeah, milk? Have no milk. I guess like three inches. Okay. I could work inches, with three inches. Three inches in a bowl. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. thank you so much for that. those questions, Timmy. Uh, everyone <laughs> follow Timmy at the Timmy Toes. Very funny. Um, everyone follow Timmy. You got to follow Timmy. And now, questions from Kyle Davidson at Kyle I. Davidson. I asked him politely to send a question for Nick because I'd only gotten a couple. And instead of just, you know, sending it normally, he uh, DM'd me and then I asked him to tweet it and he tweeted a screenshot of the DM. Oh, I like that. It was great. He really, really sticking it to me. It's my cousin, so he's allowed. And Uh so his question first, say he was great on Poundcast. So we're talking about DJ Doug Pound. Great job on Poundcast, oh, Nick. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. He's uh he's a big DJ Doug Pound fan and he actually got to meet him uh when we went to that alt show with Andy Kindler. DJ Doug DJ Dark Pound was on it. Uh so <laughs> he got to meet him after the show, which was Doug lovely. Is a great guy. Yeah. He's so funny. He loves puns, which I always appreciated. Yeah, his set was a lot of like he would tell a pun or a one-liner and then he would just add like a DJ sound at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, I I loved uh, on that podcast when we were hanging out, I did make him laugh a few times, which always feels nice. Making a good guy like that. And of course, Brent's there. I know, you know. Weinbach. Weinbach. Weinbach is great. All right. So it was great. So you're just saying you had a good time in the mix. Loved being in the mix. So that was great. Kyle follows up with some actual questions. What's your wildest rock and roll tour story? <laughs> wildest rock and roll tour story would be, um, well, we played in a shack on the side uh, of a river that you had to get to from a ladder in uh, Milan, Italy, oh. a wooden shack. And then the crowd chased us with a dirty mattress. What? Yeah. Well, that and, is wild. Uh, Trying to think if there's anything else. No, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I like the getting chased part. That's wild. Yeah, they they were chased. We had a lot of things where the crowd would like kind of abuse. Like they would get so excited, they would like abuse people in the band. <laughs> like and we played in London, and the crowd was so over the top. They emptied a garbage can on the drummer's head, and he stopped the show. I guess. And then we. In Cleveland, we played a place called Horrible Fest, and um, <laughs> people were throwing firecrackers and emptying garbage cans throughout our set. So, like, it's hard to believe we broke up. 
<laughs> after, I mean, we were getting the, treated so nicely. After the first getting garbage can emptied on you, you're like, all right, if this ever happens again, and then like five more garbage cans emptied on you, you're like, all right, yeah. only a few and then more. There was, yeah, only, yeah, <laughs> garbage can me once. Shame on you. Shame on you. Garbage can me twice. Still shame on shame you. Shame really. on you. Stop doing yeah. that. Garbage can me three times. Okay, now we're getting to maybe I like being it's a garbage. a bit of a thing. It's kind of what we yeah. are known for. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a great story. And Kyle's final question is biggest hero you ever met? Oh, another great question. I've gotten to meet – I mean in terms of comedy, I've met a lot of those people. I don't know if I'm drawing a blank or what, but it's like – Yeah, you, you met know, so I'll, many. I, I did a show with Colin Quinn and he was very kind and then – you know, like in comedy, it's 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 interesting. I'm trying to think. I mean, I did meet Norm Macdonald, so that was really exciting. That's huge. And I saw Chris Farley film a scene in Dirty Work when I was a teenager. Whoa, yeah. that's amazing. Uh huh. That's and a classic I got to watch movie. Dirty Work being filmed. Yeah. yeah. Was it the hooker scene? <laughs> uh, well, it was a hookers. scene that's only used in certain cuts of the movie where he goes. He pulls up to like the dirty work business at the end of the movie, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, <laughs> over there, we're getting hitched." Like, yeah. he points at the hooker who bit his nose off. Yeah, the Saigon whore. Saigon whore bit his nose off. So, um, and on that shoot, I never met Chris Farley, but I did get to talk to like Bob Saget and, and Artie Lang and, and Norm Macdonald a little bit, and. You know that was very thrilling as a kid. Was as a kid, and and Sarah Silverman meeting Sarah Silverman was really cool. And um, trying to think of anyone else, like it's all comedy people, and and I don't even. It's mostly comedy people, although I'm sure there's there's others in the mix that I'm just forgetting. Jerry oh. Cantrell from Alice in Chains. I was oh. literally, I was like starstruck by, and I was not expecting to be. <laughs> at all. That's always weird <laughs> when you yeah. see someone in real life. And you're like, why Why my mouth nowhere? Yeah, I was like, oh, I had no idea. I loved Jerry Cantrell so much, but that's how it goes. Well, thank you very much, Kyle, for sending those questions. And that brings us to the final question. It is a write-in question from friend of the show, Jeff DeSilva, all the way out in Calgary. Hi, Jeff. And his question is, is Nick East Indian at all? <laughs> or <laughs> just his chest hair? <laughs> oh, yeah, I see. I see. It was a Jeff De Silva joke setup question. Yeah, Jeff Comedy Jam. Jeff Comedy Jam, indeed. Um, no, I'm not East Indian, but I know East Indian people, and I've known them since I was children. So maybe that was something I absorbed. Oh, maybe it rubbed off on you, and that's why you have such thick and lustrous chest hair. Yeah. Well, Nick, I think we did it. Now is the time for plugs. We can replug all the plugs that you wanted to plug <laughs> at the top of the show. I think you plugged a couple things, but plug away, Nick. Um, I feel bad that I plugged away, but yes, wiped privilege. If you could support that and spread the word, I would really appreciate it. It it's on all of the Spotify type things. Also, nickflanagan.bandcamp.com. Link in the notes. Link in notes at the Flans on Twitter. Nick Flanagan on Instagram. What else is there? I'm Here All Week is my other album. Wrong Hole has a band camp as well. It's wrongholemusic.bandcamp.com. You can buy our album 2012 there. And we have a lot of videos on YouTube. 
And um, I really want to do a podcast kind of thing. I want to do like something. So I yeah. hope I can figure out what that is, you know, sometime soon. I don't, I don't really know. I hope you do too because um, we didn't mention it, but you were co-host of the Danco Jones podcast. Is that correct? Yeah. And we um, just did another episode. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Danco Jones, like a Canadian rock uh, legend. He's got a icon. lot of – Yeah, rock icon. Uh, and you were the co-host of the podcast. So you definitely yeah. got the mic technique. You got the sweet voice. You got the clear point of view to share with the world. I think that's all it takes. <laughs> it's so tiring, isn't it's, it, though? It's a lot. But Why did you decide to do one? I really wanted to meet all the cool people that I've met on Twitter and oh, really kind of get to know them as friends and also sort of challenge myself uh, to do something and put something out in the world. And yeah, and maybe – I'll start hitting up some open mics and really get out there and flex my comedy muscles. Hey, man, you're contributing to comedy anyway, even if it's just on Twitter. So if you you don't have to, you can do an open mic if you want, but you're you're throwing things that are nice into the world. So oh, don't thanks, Nick. You, don't you fret? You All right, okay. I won't stress. Thanks, and, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of killed that compliment by calling you an imp at the end, but I meant it like in the yeah. impish sense and not in the sort of demonic sense. You know, okay. in the like sort of. Fun guy. And yeah, if anyone follows me on Twitter because of this, just let me know and I'll, I'll follow you back. That's a promise that I'm going to probably regret. <laughs> it's a Flanagan <laughs> guarantee. Yeah, he'll follow you yeah. for a while until, you to know. To Cajun man, I guarantee. <clears throat> guarantee. Well, Nick, thanks again so much for joining us. And now I will play the theme and we will end the show like that. So thanks again for joining us. Sure to do all the things that Nick said. Buy his albums. Follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Bye, Nick. Bye bye. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Nick. So cool. Such great stories. What a nice and very cool fellow. I hope you all go follow him right now at The Flans on Twitter. Check us out at FOTS Pod and please send a question for future guests. Follow at Skinner Steven if it feels right. Surf over to StevenWSkinner.com for all the old episodes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get a new episode every Monday. Thanks to Ruby Coast for the music. And thank you so much for listening. And have a great one.